0: This is An American Workplace, a podcast dedicated to rewatching and discussing NBC's beloved mockumentary series, The Office. My name is Chad Hopkins, and joining me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Katie White. How are you doing, Katie?
1: I'm great, especially since it's wedding day. Oh, hey. Such a big episode today. Um, been looking forward to this one for a while.
0: Me too. And, you know, we talked about some uh, managerial drama that's been happening over the last couple of episodes, some rivalries that are sort of being rekindled between Dwight and Jim, but this is setting it aside. And it's just a a floofy, lighthearted episode. And and that's, (laughs) that's great. Real great. Because this is something that's been building for a long time. But before we get to that discussion, we've got some people to thank. Uh, so we've got two new reviews over the last couple, or over the last week, on Apple Podcasts from Brian of the Many Photos and Jay Christopher eighty two, as well as new reviews on Facebook from Scott Taylor and Mads Thompson. So thank all of you for your support and for letting people know that you like the show, and we'd love to get some more. We, we're actually two reviews away from hitting 100 star ratings on iTunes. So, hint hint. That'd be yeah.
1: <laughs> also exciting that we just passed um a big milestone as far as downloads go. We just passed a quarter million downloads, which is like I really can't wrap my head around that. That's really incredible. <laughs> um so thanks everyone just for for being here and for listening. Um I know that when Chad and I started this, we you know, hoped that it would obviously get, you know, some listenership, but we didn't really expect this. So this is really awesome. Um Yeah, I, a quarter million. That's crazy. So thank you so much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I wasn't sure if we would hit that before this episode or not, but I think we hit maybe earlier today and that's just the bee's knees. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you all. Chad's 80. <laughs> <Apparently>. Okay. <laughs> Wow, I'm not cutting that. (laughs) And
1: on that note,
0: (laughs) yeah, let's let's get into it. So, the big episode this week is Niagara. It's a big 43 minute episode. It aired on October 8th of 2009. Marks a return of popular director Paul Feig, who's directed many many great Office episodes, and will continue to direct a few more, I believe. It was written by Mindy Kaling, as well as uh, the guy who created the show, Greg Daniels. He isn't the showrunner anymore at this point in the series, but he did come back to write a couple scenes and uh, to help out with this episode. So, yeah.
1: It is finally Jim and Pam's wedding day. The office heads to Niagara Falls to celebrate or hook up with people at the wedding. Their motives are unclear. It goes as planned until a big secret gets outed. Then nothing goes as planned including at one point a missing bride and groom. The episode, however, ends happily with Jim and Pam finally married and a few of our leading characters in new and interesting relationships, which is ominous.
0: <laughs> yeah, new and interesting relationships. Oh, more on that. Um, more on that later. So the, the stars of this episode are Pam and Jim for some reason.
1: Um, <laughs> I think it's all about that.
0: I, I think so, a little bit. <laughs> So so, Pam is showing more symptoms of pregnancy now, um, and we start off with the cold open, which is perhaps the grossest cold open attached to <laughs> perhaps the loveliest episode. So wrap your mind around that one. Um, she starts off asking people, hey, just so you know, my sense of smell, my whole pregnancy body is uh, not is, is a lot more sensitive than it usually is. And so if you could lay off the smelly smells, that would be pretty great. Phyllis, if you could change your soap, it's a little perfumey. Please avoid the smelly foods. I'd really appreciate it. And some really take an issue with Pam asking about this. Uh, I mean, I think she's being pretty courteous about it. Um, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to accommodate somebody, especially when the alternative is (laughs) what happens. Dwight, in complete defiance, eats a boiled egg right next to her. And she just calmly picks up her trash can, vomits straight into it, and proceeds to cause a chain reaction throughout the rest of the office, starting with Andy and going pretty much to every desk cluster. And it is awful. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) But uh, Creed finds some enjoyment, or at least it doesn't bother him because he's snacking on some noodles in his little (laughs) corner. So...
1: I think my favorite thing about that cold open is that Pam, when she is throwing up into her trash can, basically doesn't break eye contact with Dwight. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. It's just
1: a very calm puke.
0: <laughs> yeah, she picks up the trash can and just waits for the gag reflex to trigger.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and she's being super reasonable, I think, because she doesn't even say, don't eat this stuff. She's saying, please just take it to the break room.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't eat
1: it at your desk. And, and Dwight. Refuses. He says, I reserve the right to peel my hard-boiled egg at my desk. So (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and just say it's Dwight's fault.
0: (laughs) It it is Dwight's fault, 100%. I think he realizes that as he's holding his hard-boiled egg while everybody around him is vomiting. Um, (laughs) Now, I will say there is a small moment where I'm like, Pam, okay, calm down just a little bit. Where she's like, oh, I guess that's the end of Courtesy in the Workplace. I'm like, well, yeah, but as being courteous, asking the way you did is good. And then being courteous in return would be nice, but it shouldn't be necessarily expected. Um, mm. Not a big deal because everything else I have to say about Pam in this episode is great. And so the whole pregnancy symptoms leads into the do's and don'ts for the wedding list that Jim and Pam have compiled. Do have a good time, do dance when it's appropriate and do eat dinner don't make a big scene, don't cry, don't talk to our family. They're very busy. It's written in all caps. Don't bring firecrackers. This is a firecracker-free wedding. Um, (laughs) One of the few. (laughs) Yeah, one of the few. Kevin says, what the hell? (laughs) And uh, most importantly, don't mention the pregnancy, because not everyone in the family, especially Pam's very conservative grandmother, Mima or Sylvia, as we learn her name later, knows about the pregnancy. And they, i.e. she, might and probably will get offended. So that's the highlight. And I think everybody sort of expects Michael to be the one that this is mostly directed toward. Uh, But he's more concerned with other people embarrassing him because he wants to hook up with people, as you alluded to.
1: And, of course, Angela has issue with, you know, not mentioning the pregnancy or not even not mentioning it, just. The fact that there is a pregnancy, and they're not married yet, and Pam is showing very, very slightly. I don't think anybody would notice otherwise, but again, yes, it's specifically her grandmother that they're trying to keep this news from. so they get to Niagara. there is a block of rooms that they have allocated for the big day at the at the hotel. Michael misunderstands and uh, thinks that. That means that they have reserved a room for Michael. It just applies to the rate. So Michael now does not have a place to stay for the wedding. Um, he goes and asks first Dwight. Dwight says, basically, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping to meet somebody, and if you're there, that might not happen. Michael says, well, I would do it for you. Dwight decides to play a little game on him and, and say, you know, I— this is this is crazy this is actually under an m scott okay well if this is your room can i stay with you and michael says the exact same thing well if i bring somebody back they don't want to see you brushing your teeth with clay and butter so no i don't think you can um and it turns out of course it was dwight's room so now michael does still not have somewhere to stay he asks
0: he asks uh stanley yes and he stanley, asks Aaron he, and kelly
1: mm-hmm Toby then offers to Michael, hey, you can stay in my room. I have an extra twin bed. But Michael, of course, would rather sleep outside than than share a room with Toby. So he rudely turns him down.
0: Yeah, he says, you're going to be sleeping alone for the rest of your life. So you might as well just get used to it. Might as well just get used to it. (laughs) Awful. So that's sort of what's happening with Michael's side of things going into the wedding. Pam and Jim, a few other things uh, about them. We see Pam's dad. If you remember the last time we heard from Pam's dad or Pam's parents at all. It was, I I couldn't name a specific episode off the top of my head. Uh, Maybe I could, if I saw a list, um, it would have been. Do, 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 do. Have we seen them yet? We haven't seen them. We've heard from them.
1: Heard from them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that would have been stress relief. I think it was that episode, uh, because it was when, they were going through a rough patch and her father was staying Mm. with Jim and Pam and it ended with them getting divorced. Basically like I'm finding a place on my own because I see how much Jim and Pam love each other and we don't feel the same thing. And so we're split. And so this is the first time seen since then. Uh, And he is there with a, an attractive young woman and mm-hmm. it's his girlfriend, not his niece, as Jim tries to uh tries to attribute and so we see him having a good time with her. But then we see Pam's mom, Helene, projecting her own sort of marriage issues and being jealous uh the day of the wedding because her former husband is now there with this hot young person. And she's worried Pam might be getting into something that maybe she's not super into. And, of course, Jim and Pam are soulmates, so that's not something to really worry about. But that's sort of what's happening in the background. And, yes, Pam's mom is a different actress. It's not that big a deal. It happens. The original actress was busy doing a play in New York, and so this is just the way it is. This is Pam's Pam's mom now.
1: Yep. And no big spoiler here, but she remains, I believe, the same actress for the rest of the series. So this is the new Pam's mom. And as you said, uh, she was kind of projecting, in fact, Pam's sister, as she is uh, getting dressed for the wedding later in the episode, she says, Mom, you're projecting and being a total drag because she's bringing her <laughs> own like insecurities and, and, and worries about marriage to Pam's wedding day, which is just not appropriate. So uh, she kind of calls her out on that. Um, so there's that animosity and, and tension going on with Pam's parents. We meet Jim's parents for the first time, who seem to have very little drama there we, we don't get a whole lot from them no. we see jim's uh brothers again we see really a, a lot of extended family there's a lot of extras and a few speaking roles um, from both sides of the family so it's a big huge cast this episode
0: so more stuff that happens before the wedding Uh, We have the big rehearsal dinner. Okay, This happens the Mm -hmm. night before. It's a little bit of a weird rehearsal dinner because it seems like all the wedding guests are invited along as well, uh, which doesn't seem typical, at least in the weddings I've participated in. But it gives for some good drama. So it starts off, Michael is jealous of Jim's brothers because they're giving their toast. And he doesn't think they're doing a very good job. He doesn't think they're very funny. And really, they aren't. They weren't funny back when we first met them either. So nothing's changed in that regard. But Michael's like, they're getting the delivery wrong. They're not telling funny jokes. Time for me to step up and save the day in his mind. Even after Jim said, actually, we'd like you specifically to not talk this weekend at all. Like, stay out of it. Because, again, they're afraid Michael's going to be the one to spill the beans about the pregnancy. Well, Michael ignores that, thinks he's saving the day, stands up, gives a comedy routine with his eyes closed (laughs) because he's like (laughs) trying to remember it. It's the most absurd thing. And that bombs worse than the brothers did. So Jim stands up, interrupts him and says, thank you, Michael, sit down, please let me actually save the day. And he gives the most amazing toast at the rehearsal dinner. He admits that he didn't need Pam to help him so many times with photocopies or to teach him to drive stick for a year. He says, you know, I was just a guy waiting on a girl with a boyfriend. So he doesn't refer to Roy even as her fiance. That that was an insignificant relationship. And this is the one that matters. And he closes with, I just had little moments with a girl who saw me as a friend. And a lot of people told me I was crazy to wait this long for a date with a girl who I worked with. But I think, Even then, I knew that I was waiting for my wife. And it is so perfect. It's so sweet. And then he accidentally reveals to everyone that Pam is pregnant by offering a toast, saying, everybody, raise your glasses, except Pam for obvious reasons. And (sighs) Meemaw steps up and says, wait a second. Why is it obvious? What's obvious? Why can't Pam drink? Jim tries to save it by saying, "Oh, she could do what she wants. She's an adult." Uh, she's a an an alcoholic. Wait, nope, nope, that's not it. Like, nope. It's because uh <laughs> she's uh she's pregnant and there it is. And <laughs> it's out there. Michael steps in and makes it worse though.
1: Michael of course has to bring specifics into it, which is the last <laughs> thing you want. He says, "I think what 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 Jim is trying to say is that they had an accident." And you know what? these two people they were living together they're having lots of consensual sex like don't we all know how you make a baby michael you don't need to get into specifics you know and he starts talking about condoms and it's just really awful and um nima is of course shocked and once michael finally stops talking jim of course was talking about waiting for pam waiting on pam and they um he, he wants to finish up his toast. So he raises his glass and he says, to waiting, which, of course, mm. they didn't.
0: <laughs> no. Um,
1: which is just the most ill-timed uh, end to a toast. And it was just super awkward. And uh, yeah, clearly they did not wait. So then, of course, Michael tries to fix it even further, um, which, of course, doesn't work. He goes to Mima's hotel room. And um, discusses sex with Mima and how she needs to be okay with Jim and Pam having sex and living together. And it's just like, wh- why? This isn't going to help at all. Um, and she answers the door as, oh, yes, you're that man who wouldn't stop talking about intercourse. <laughs> it's just not the memory you need to have of your granddaughter's wedding.
0: So Michael is able to convince her, hey, stay for the wedding because. Jim and Pam are gonna name the the kid after you. They're gonna name the baby after you. They're gonna name it Mima. And she says, "You mean <laughs> Sylvia?" <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, right. And
0: if yeah. it's a, if it's a boy, it'll be Silvio. And she just sort of smiles. And yes, later we do see her at the wedding. So good job on you, Michael. You are able to convince her. Whether we see if Jim and Pam sort of bend to this lie that Michael has. Potentially given her, I don't know. They probably have a name in mind if I had in mind if I had to guess. But uh, that's how Michael is able to sort of quote save the day and get meemaw to be a part of the wedding, uh, which is significant because in the moment before he shows up to her door, Pam says that meemaw's going to be li- leaving in the morning. And Michael says, "Oh, so that means the room, her room, will be available." And so you think, "Oh, Michael might be rooting for this to happen." And to his credit, he does go up there and convince her to stay. So good on you, Michael. But that does leave Michael without a room still leading into the night. He and Dwight are hanging out and sort of trying to be each other's wingmen. Kind of. I don't know if either of them could be properly referred to as a wingman. Um, Dwight is wearing the popular Amazon three wolves howling at the moon shirt because it's suggestive to women because of howling during sex. I mean, duh. Uh, and Dwight hits it off with Pam's best friend, Isabel, and they end up going to bed together and Michael tries with a couple different women and is unsuccessful. So he sleeps in the vending slash ice machine room.
1: It should also be noted that Dwight stole the guest list off of Jim's desk at the office and researched every woman attending. He said he did this for Michael, but he ended up using it himself quite a bit. And it should also be noted that Isabel, the woman that um, Dwight ended up sleeping with, is gorgeous yes, she and is. normal. And, <laughs> um, you know, Pam's best friend, so clearly a normal person. Um, and so it's just sort of this big shock that Dwight was able to land this like woman who's totally out of his league. Oh, and he's not into her at all.
0: No, <laughs> um, that's the worst part.
1: It's like, she's she seems lovely, and she's beautiful, and she's, Just a regular person and he's like not into it.
0: No, the next morning he almost completely disowns her. just like they bump into each other at the wedding venue and she's trying to like have a nice conversation with him and he's just like, oh, hi. May I help you? I'm talking with this other girl right now. Do you need something? And she's like, nope, not not anymore. So that's the end of their relationship. Um, (laughs) Now other things that are happening. Andy is still trying to sort of woo over Aaron. He gave Aaron and Kelly a ride together over to the, over to Niagara from Scranton and they sit in the back seat together (laughs) and he has to sit in the front seat by himself. And then at the venue, he is sleeping in the, (laughs) the bridal suite or the honeymoon suite the night before Jim and Pam do, (laughs) at least that's the plan. And then he decides, okay, I'm going to throw a party in my room. And his goal is, again, to impress Aaron. He says, uh, she's really cute and sweet, but also she smells like my mom. Which is kind of a creepy thing to say. But they do say that you're attracted to women who look like your mother or like your parent. So there's that. But uh, at the rehearsal dinner, he was supposed to sit next to Aaron, he found out, but. Kevin switched spots with her so he's upset then and then at the party he's throwing in his room he is dancing and Aaron is sort of egging him on what else you got and so he jumps up and does the splits and lands on his car keys in his pocket and tears his scrotum (laughs) so what do you do when you tear your scrotum the night before a wedding? You wake up the bride and you have her drive you to the hospital, right? Right? Because
1: everyone else is super drunk, is his <laughs> reasoning. Pam, because she's pregnant, is the only sober person. Even Jim is really drunk. So Pam is pregnant. She can't drink. She'll be happy to drive me to the hospital. She's sleeping. Um, it's late at night and she's getting married in, in eight hours or whatever it is. So glasses on, PJs on, Jan uh, uh Jan <laughs> Pam drives Andy and his torn scrotum to the hospital. Um and presumably after all of that gets, you know, taken care of, he for some reason ends up sleeping on her floor um the night of the wedding, and so we get a, a pretty funny cut of him. Saying I, I I slept with the bride the night before the wedding score or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I never quite understood why he had to sleep in her room, but it it happened.
0: I don't know. I would imagine maybe the doctor said something like just keep an eye on him. Yeah, uh, maybe he's, he's on
1: meds or something.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, and circling back just a little bit, I love that Jim goes out drinking with Michael and Dwight the night before the wedding. He, uh, talking with Pam on the phone when she's trying to figure out what to do with Andy and his torn scrotum, he just says, Pam, it just happened. (laughs) So, I mean, like it or not, rivalry or not, these people are Jim's friends. And I I think that's so awesome that the night before the wedding, he's hanging out with his work pals. So I just wanted to mention that because I think it's really cool and it's not maybe something you would expect. You'd think Jim would be out with his brothers or out with, his roommate that he had at one point, he had close friends that he lived with, mm-hmm. but no, he's he's out with the, the people you almost wouldn't expect, which are his work friends, and I think that's awesome.
1: And which, of course, last episode we saw, he and Michael were in a pretty big feud because they are mm-hmm. both now co-managers, and Dwight, of course, is his constant nemesis, so two people that he's had tension with recently or overall, um, and he's, he chooses them to hang out with.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's very cool. So that leads to the morning of the wedding. As I said, Michael was sleeping in the vending and ice machine room, and so he gets ready in there. Kevin has a funny scene with his shoes. Uh, We'll get to that in our funny moments, I'm sure. And Stanley shows up with Cynthia, his Mm -hmm. – I don't want to call her his mistress, but it's not his wife. His girlfriend. <laughs> His girlfriend, yeah. And so that's still going on.
1: Which is really interesting because when he checks in, he says Mr. and Mrs. Stanley Hudson and kind of mm-hmm. smirks. Um yeah. that is not Mrs. Stanley Hudson.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. So Her I, name I is wonder Terry. I wonder what he told Terry he was doing. Maybe some sort of conference, but I don't know what kind of conference he would go to. And yeah. the other question is maybe she divorced him after the events of gossip a couple episodes ago. Um because yeah. she did find out or uh, find out that the thing with Cynthia was still ongoing because it wasn't the first time Stanley had been caught with her. So maybe it's just, it was the end. I don't know. Yeah, And that leads to Pam getting ready for the wedding and things just not going perfectly for her.
1: So Pam is A, already overwhelmed. She has all these people that she admitted earlier she didn't Really want there. Um, they had an out of town wedding, hoping that you know not everyone would come. She kind of hoped that the office wouldn't come, and she presumably didn't get a lot of sleep last night because she was dealing with Andy. So she's a little overwhelmed. She's five months pregnant. This day is not going exactly how she hoped it would. Um, so she comes out in her dress and her veil, makeup and hair done. She looks beautiful, and Isabel. The girl that slept with Dwight says, I'm going to go meet up with Dwight. I'm going to go talk to Dwight. Pam says, oh, OK, wait, what? And she turns her head really quickly and her veil is caught on a nick in the doorframe and it rips. And that's it. Like, that's that's the last straw. Everything's gone wrong. She's just really emotional and upset. Um, and so she calls Jim. And she says, Hey, can you come meet me? And Jim says, That's not allowed. Pam says, I'm allowing it. I need to talk to you. This this look washes over Jim's face, like, oh my god, like is she gonna what's she gonna do? Like, it kinda sounds like
0: Like is it second? I don't know, it almost sounds is she like, gonna call off her second right. wedding?
1: Right. Yeah, it's 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 it sounds pretty dire. And so they meet up in some church classroom. And she just starts crying and she says, look, I'm five months pregnant. This is not the dress I wanted to wear. I couldn't, I can't wear high heels. I don't look how I want to look on my wedding day. I tore my veil and Jim says, well, who cares? It's a stupid veil. She goes, no, this this veil was the one thing that went right and it's wrong. And so Jim, once again, knocks it out of the park and grabs a pair of scissors and cuts his tie off (laughs) Mm -hmm. in half. Um, He says, look, now we're even. My type. It's just, it's so ridiculous, but it's just the sweetest thing. Like, I'll, I'll be broken too. It's okay.
0: <laughs> and a, a continuing thread throughout the whole episode is this idea that was given to Pam from her aunt. And that was that your wedding day, your wedding weekend, whatever, goes by super quickly. So take the time to take mental snapshots of each other and the moments that you want to remember. So in the car... Jim takes a photo of her on the way and then Jim making the toast at the rehearsal dinner. Pam takes a mental snapshot then. And then right then when Jim cuts his tie in solidarity to her tearing her veil, she takes another snapshot. And that's sort of, that's the final one we get to the episode because it's just, it's, it's a sign that Pam is showing Jim that, that he said the right thing and she's, she's okay now, or at least better than she was. Uh, But from there, they're sort of both lamenting the fact that everyone is driving them crazy and she knows way too much about Andy scrotum. So <laughs> they decide to go have their wedding their way elsewhere. And so they run away. We see them running away and we don't see where they go. And that's going to lead into talking about the actual wedding in just a couple minutes. Um, but with them gone... Everybody else starts to sort of wonder what's happening. Is uh, the wedding over? Did one of them run away? Did both of them run away? Is this, what's wasting my time? So Phyllis has a statement. I think Pam ran away because she realized deep down she wouldn't be a good wife. And Angela agrees. I still don't know what this whole feud between Phyllis and Pam appears to be. It seems to be one way from Phyllis to Pam. And I can only think it maybe has something to do with the Michael Scott Paper Company. I don't know. Maybe. It's weird and very antagonistic, and I don't quite get it, but that's Phyllis at this moment. (laughs) She's got a streak, yeah. Yeah. um, It's like one nasty thing per episode. Yeah. And uh, it should be said that Andy and Aaron are sitting together, and Aaron offers Andy her scarf, I think, to sit on, since it's softer than the hardwood pew So he doesn't further hurt, as she puts it, his damaged penis. (laughs) Uh, So that's a sweet moment where, I mean, she's very innocent and it's not a big thing. It's just like, oh, I thought this would be comfortable to you. Take it. And he's like, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Actually, it's my scrotum, but that's fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it did hurt. So thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And so that's a sweet moment between them. Uh, Toby uh well well, dwight goes to toby to lodge a complaint he says i'd like to lodge an official complaint against jim for making us wait for over an hour (laughs) and then toby has his own talking head where he says you know this this wedding may not happen after all and he, he thinks this may be it for jim and pam and he looks kind of excited about it like maybe he has a shot with pam finally and then immediately is crestfallen as jim and pam walk into the wedding ready to go we're here Let's do the thing. And now it's time to talk about the wedding.
1: Yeah. So at this point, we still don't know what happened, where they were. Uh, We just see them walk in together and they look happy. (laughs) That's all we've got. So, okay, the wedding can start. The groom and the bride are here. Um, Everyone gets in a place. Pam is about to walk down the aisle. And... That Chris Brown song comes on, which <laughs> is that it, it was a, a viral YouTube video mm-hmm. of a wedding party that, instead of traditionally walking down the aisle, decided to dance down the aisle to "Forever" by Chris Brown. So that song starts playing. Uh, it should be noted, Michael initiated it. There was this whole string of nods and winks and stuff like beer uh, to pools. get this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael started the uh, the chain. And Pam's sister turns to her and says, look, I'm so sorry. I begged them not to do it. This song was on your Do Not playlist." But Pam is okay with it. It's just yet another thing that went wrong, but this is okay. She says, I think it's your turn. Go ahead. And so we get this big, huge montage of everyone in the office and family members and just a whole slew of people dancing down the aisle. And it's such a fun, just joyful scene. And what makes it really special is that it's interspersed with scenes from where they were. So we see them um, boarding a boat that takes them under the mist of the uh, of the Niagara Falls of Niagara Falls. So they are in their wedding garb. They've got ponchos on, and we see them knocking on the door to the um, captain's office, captain's quarters. And they take off their ponchos. Look, we're a bride and groom. Can you come marry us? Because as captain of the ship, I guess you can do that. So they get married on the boat under Niagara Falls. I mean, that's kind of mm-hmm. ridiculously perfect. <laughs> so they got married in their own private little reception, in their own private ceremony with just them. Without mm-hmm. everyone that's been bugging them, they took control of the situation. And then they came back and had the wedding for everyone else. Um, And so we got scenes of the boat wedding and the church wedding cut together, and it's just perfectly done.
0: It's funny because they almost did this in Cafe Disco back at the end of season five, where they they, Mm – elope's not the right word, but sort of – where they they go elsewhere, get their marriage certificate, get married without the waiting period, without the whole wedding fiasco and all the planning and all the money they're having to spend and all the crazy people they don't want to see. Uh, well, they end up having that, but they still end up having their own private moment within that. And I think that's so awesome. And the this, this whole dance scene, we see so many awesome things. We see Michael dancing down, sort of leading the way. I think he circles back and dances down the aisle like two or three more times. <laughs> He's so excited. <laughs> and I, I, I love the quote Michael says when Jim and Pam first show up. He says, I have so much joy in my heart right now. And you see it in his face throughout this whole thing. He is so happy. He's so proud of them. Um, He even comes down once with Pam's mom. They had a a sort of little meeting talking together before the wedding while they were waiting. And let's see. Kevin and Oscar go down the aisle together despite Oscar's so fervently trying to separate himself from Kevin, Uh, again, something we'll talk about during the funny moments, but that does end with Kevin and uh, Oscar sort of tripping over themselves and knocking things over at the altar. Andy is walking down the aisle with a walker while Aaron sort of prances and (laughs) leaps around him. Uh, Dwight and Isabel come down together, despite Dwight's interest in her, uh, at least pursuing her further romantically. And he accidentally kicks her in the face. Uh, The ceremony happens. They kiss. Everyone is so happy. And Michael's so proud to be a part of something like this and proud of Jim and Pam finally getting together. I mean, think back to Booze Cruise, which, fun fact, uh, in an original draft of the script, they were going to get married on the Booze Cruise. but think back to booze cruise when michael told told jim they're engaged bfd engaged ain't married never stop waiting never give up and here they are this is the culmination of that and it's it's so amazing and there's one shot as they're kissing at the end of the ceremony where we look back and everybody from the office is standing together and smiling and clapping and man it's just the best
1: and michael's i mean he's got Red, teary eyes he's just beside himself, he's so happy. Mm. I put he's a proud dad he um, is because these are his kids. I mean, that's how much he loves the people he works with um
0: it's yeah. it's moments like this that highlight what is so special about this show, yeah because this is a romance that we have seen blossoming since season one uh we've we've wept about it in episodes like booze cruise and casino night there've been several episodes there've been episodes we've cheered about the interview or is that what it's called the the job the job the job at the end of season 3 where we finally get that first well it's a date we yep. have seen so many great things building in their relationship and now they're married and surrounding that are all the people that they work with who are in attendance and they all participate in the ceremony. I mean, how many people can boast such a strong working relationship with the people you, you go to work with every day? I mean, they have their issues with each other. I mean, Angela just walks down the aisle, but she walks down the aisle. She's not dancing, Mm -hmm. but she's there. These are people who care about each other and they're forever pun intended part of each other's lives. And it's just so special.
1: It's one of those things that make me think, like, it's it's real. I mean, there are people in my life who I may not get along with every day, but I would sob happy tears at their wedding. You know, it's like, it's 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 just so, I don't know, it's just a really, really beautiful moment. It's just edited together perfectly and the music's there and the tears are there. And it's also, I honestly don't even think it's acting. I think it's just, they're just so happy for the, the characters that they play, you know, like to finally get to do this. And um, it's a romance that we have known from episode one from the pilot that this should be happening. Um, And we watched her struggle with Roy and Jim just rebound with girls like Katie. And it's just none of it's right. and. It finally is right.
0: And the final quote from Jim of the episode is, I bought those boat tickets the day I saw that YouTube video. I knew we need a backup plan. The boat was actually plan C. The church was plan B. And plan A was marrying her a long, long time ago. Pretty much the day I met her. And it's so sweet. Jim says all the right things about and to Pam this episode, and that's not the end though. We get a, a fun little Kevin voiceover moment, and then the camera turns, and we see we we see Michael go into Helene Beasley's room, Pam's mom, and that's that's the end.
1: Yeah. We see her drag drag him into the room willingly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah. <laughs>
1: One quick thing I wanted to say about that Jim plan A, plan B, plan C thing was it reminds me of when he bought Pam's engagement ring. Mm -hmm. He said he bought it a week after they started dating or something. Mm -hmm. Um, He has been so sure about this. As he said in his toast, I was waiting for my wife. I knew all along. I just needed you to catch up to me. Um, He knew as soon as I started dating, okay, I've got her. I'm going to marry her. That's it. Um, all it took was for you to let me date you and I'll marry you. And he did. Uh, so it's just such, a, He's he's been so sure forever. And it's just, uh, I'm like tearing. I'm just thinking about it. It's just so good.
0: <laughs> it is. Okay. That's the story. Ending with Michael potentially betting, <laughs> to put it delicately, Pam's mom. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move into the funny stuff, of which there's a plenty. You'll have to yeah. bear with us. And then we've got deleted scenes and two commentaries. So this might drag on a little bit. We'll try and keep it entertaining. Um, starting off, what 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 do you got for funny moments?
1: So Michael um, has watched some TV, apparently, and <laughs> knows that you are supposed to decorate the car of... <laughs> sorry, let me rephrase. There are decorated cars at weddings. Now, he does not realize that it is traditionally the bride and groom's getaway car, if you will, that's been decorated, just got married, or just just married with cans. I don't know the history of that, but cans tied to the back of the car, it's a thing. So he doesn't realize that it is the bride and groom and not the guest of the wedding. So he writes on the back of his own car, going to a wedding, and ties cans to the back of his car. Also, he ties full cans to the back of his car um, which then explode as he is driving down the road.
0: And also, this is a three hundred mile drive from Scranton to to New York, where Niagara Falls is. It's, yeah. four and a half hours. Four and a
1: half, five, five hours, hours. Yeah, somewhere in there. So, what makes him th- like? I could see tying empty cans to the back of the bride and groom's car if they're going down the street to their hotel. Yeah maybe <laughs> um it's not going to last 300 miles
0: no that's it's almost a driving hazard but whatever
1: and the hitch of this whole thing is is michael says it's a really important day for him and jim says congratulations <laughs> <laughs> reverse that guys it's uh it's not a huge day for michael i mean it is but it's a bigger day for jim and pam
0: yeah before they leave scranton they're in the conference room and I, I think it's Andy who says what happens in Niagara stays in Niagara. And Michael's like, Nope, nope, don't steal my joke. I said that joke yesterday. You can't say that. Don't steal my joke. And that's that's like a thing. It's usually said about Vegas. Yeah. Right. But, so he I stole mean, a joke. <laughs> he stole a joke. And Dwight's Dwight points that out. He's like that's a pretty common phrase. You can say that about anything. What happens in accounting stays in accounting. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, well, you're right. Kevin, Kevin's really excited about that one. And Michael's like, nope, nope. Stealing my joke. Stop doing it. I said that yesterday. You can't do it. Michael doesn't get it.
1: No. It's funny to me that we mentioned Kevin so often in this episode without... Like, I, I can't picture him normally in this episode because he for almost the entire episode, is wearing a toupee. (laughs) He really wants to step it up. He said, this is going to be a huge event for me. Uh, There's going to be a lot of attractive single people there, and I really got to bring my A-game. And where does it really get better? The hair. So he gets a toupee. And, uh, oh, does he get a toupee. (laughs) (laughs) It is weird to see him with a full head of hair.
0: Yeah. Uh, But, I mean... We can think of him as the sharpest dressed in the office now. That's what his goal was, right? But, <laughs> I don't know.
1: Sure, Kevin.
0: Michael struggling to get a room at the hotel. He has a talking head and says, When Mary was denied a room at the inn, Jesus was born. When Michael was denied a room at the inn, we don't know what happens because that story hasn't been told yet. <laughs> Mary <laughs> was not... Mary did not give birth because she was denied a room at the inn. That's the she important thing. She was pregnant. Thing. Yeah, she was already <laughs> pregnant. Like she, she had a baby because she was pregnant, not because she was denied that's, a room at the end. Yeah. So, Michael, Generally nothing's going to happen that's magical or worth putting in a religi- religious holy book because you were denied a room at the hotel. And you weren't denied a count. room at the hotel. You showed up to a wedding without a reservation.
1: Ah. Uh. The only thing of note that happened was he hooked up with Pam's mom. Uh. (laughs) Um, Speaking of Michael, on the drive up to Niagara, Dwight um, decides that he's going to pop a CD in that he made. (laughs) Specifically, the CD is for Michael, and it's to play when he brings a woman to his room. A little creepy, but I guess, all things considered, that's nice. So Michael pops it in. And it is a track of Dwight talking. It's not even music. It says, hello, this is Dwight Schrute. If you're listening to this, you are a lucky woman Michael has seduced. Ah, to be in your shoes. What's next, you're probably wondering. Don't be scared of your night in heaven. And it's just the creepy, like, it sounds like Dwight (laughs) wants to be there, frankly.
0: Yeah, he says, oh, to be in your (laughs) shoes. Mike." Dwight wants this. (laughs) Ugh. (laughs) Michael, when talking to Jim at the wedding or at the hotel, he says, You know, I want to do a toast. Jim says, You know, I'd rather you not speak at all at the wedding. Michael says, You know, that'll seriously impede my ability to hook up with your female relatives. And he's within earshot. He's standing right next to Pam and Jim's parents. Jim says, Yeah, pretty sure everyone heard that. And Michael says, I didn't move my lips. It's like Jurassic Park. If you if you don't move, they can't see you. No, that's not how it works.
1: Oh, he tries. <laughs> As you mentioned earlier, Andy booked the honeymoon suite the night before the wedding. And he says to Jim and Pam that he'll break in the bed. Pam asks the receptionist for the name and the phone number of the housekeeper responsible for changing the sheets. She's got to make sure that happens.
0: Yeah, Jim says, I do not like that. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> nope, nope. When they're out drinking together the night before the wedding or right after midnight, uh the day of the wedding, Michael says, It's after midnight, you're married. Jim just says, That's not how that works. That I don't think that's <laughs> how that works. No, it's not. It's that's not even how birthdays work. Well, I mean, birthday, you could say, Yeah, it's your birthday after midnight, but that's like the only thing or yeah, it's your anniversary. But yeah. no, you're not wedding and you're not married until you're married.
1: Yeah. There's a whole ceremony that's got to happen. There's a
0: process to pa- this.
1: Paperwork. <laughs> so we mentioned a bit earlier the Kevin and Oscar bit. So Pam, what what happens there is that Pam introduces Kevin and Oscar to her sister, Penny. Penny asks, Kevin, I'm sorry, I thought your name was Gil. Speaking, of course, of Oscar's boyfriend, she thinks that Kevin and Oscar are dating. And Oscar is hugely offended that she thought that he would date Kevin. And it's just a bit that goes on for the whole episode where we see Kevin later touching uh, Oscar's hair and Penny walks by and just like, oh, I, I thought you guys weren't dating. And Oscar is just completely grossed out to even be considering dating Kevin.
0: He's like angry offended, not like, yeah. wow, I can't believe that. It's like, no, you owe me an apology. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what's nice about that is Kevin, you know, he he's teased Oscar about being gay this whole time. I mean, they're still friends. He's not like overly mean about it, but he does tease and make uh, homo uh, gay jokes. Mm-hmm. But Kevin's the one who says, I would be honored to date you. Yeah. Kev- Kevin owns it. He's like. I don't care if people think we're together. I, I'd be I'd be proud if I was gay to be dating you. Oscar's just like, nope, not having that. People cannot think that we're together. <laughs> As I said, Michael slept in the ice slash vending machine room, and he is offended in the morning when someone walks in to fill up his ice bucket <laughs> from the hotel public ice machine, only to find Michael standing there in his, bo- his boxers. Michael says, take a picture, it'll last longer. Gosh, can't I get a little privacy? <laughs> No, you can't. Not in the public ice slash vending machine room.
1: Ugh. Michael, when he goes to mend things with Mima in her hotel room, he totally misinterprets what she's saying. She says, People are like cats and dogs these days. Michael says, Exactly. <laughs> Mima says, This used to be such a great country. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, she's saying that your friends are gross and immoral. And you're like, Yeah, isn't it great?
0: I also think it's funny in that scene, she, she's struggling to turn off the, the TV, which she pointed out earlier. Uh, she was talking to Pam and said, you know, I should have known this would happen. The hotel's television set had a movie on called Bruno last night. And the remote control had so many darn buttons on it, I couldn't turn it off. So I had to just sit there while it happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so she was still struggling with that. She's in her like nightgown and stuff, but she's still awake and it's because the tv's on it's like she feels this weird compulsion to watch the tv because it's on she can't sleep with it on uh michael turns it off for her and she's grateful and she says you know it was that ho- that horrible charlie rose which is funny <laughs> considering i mean not funny but almost like fortuitous charlie rose was just like kicked off the charlie rose show and his network because of sexual abuse claims against him so it's <laughs> almost like she foretold that horrible Charlie Rose. Hmm. Oh. Yeah.
1: Many years prior. <laughs> you mentioned earlier as well the uh the Kevin shoe plot. He left his
0: <laughs> uh, I love this. He left so his
1: dress shoes, which are the only shoes he brought, he left them outside his room. Presumably the hotel had a shoe shine service. If you leave your shoes outside your door overnight, the shoe shine will collect them. Shine them, bring them back first thing in the morning. So Kevin left his shoes out overnight to be polished. He wakes up, they're not there. He goes down to reception and says, I left my shoes out, where are they? The receptionist grabs, who I assume is a manager. The manager <laughs> says, your shoes, when the shoe shine opened the bag, the smell overcame him. <laughs> I myself smelled the smell, and it was atrocious, and we decided that the best plan was to destroy your shoes incinerate them it does he say incinerate i think he does yeah
0: he he said they must be thrown away (laughs) incinerated actually
1: incinerated yes um so kevin has no shoes the receptionist says with a look of just panic in her eyes i can offer you a complimentary breakfast kevin says okay
0: i'm fine with that uh, just give me food
1: that's okay (laughs) so he now has no shoes for the wedding which is kind of ridiculous for the hotel i that's a bit like gave the guy a pair of shoes, I get that's okay. I'd be mad too, but presumably it was a safety hazard, so he has to make do with two Kleenex boxes that he now now as shoes, which he said were a huge conversation starter at the wedding, so mm-hmm. it all worked out
0: he He got six numbers, one more, and it would have been a complete phone number. <laughs> um, my favorite parts of that exchange is. One, when he first walks up to the desk, he the, the, both of the receptionists there at the desk are sort of looking down doing their work. And he's standing there waiting for them to notice him. And so instead of just like saying something to grab their attention, there's a bell sitting there. And he's just like, okay, you are not doing anything. Bang! <laughs> and he just like slams on that <laughs> so bell loud. as hard as possible. They both look up at the same time. And then he talks to them like a normal person. And then the other part, my, my sort of headcanon, is that when he says – Those were my only pair of shoes. He means that was his only pair of shoes, like that he owns in his life in his closet. I, I I I didn't. I prefer to take it that way, even if it's not true, just because I I want to imagine that Kevin just wears the same shoes every day, and that's why it's so gross. Because that's very likely. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) they they would smell.
0: Yeah, Michael brings in his wedding present to the to the venue. He says, "You know, they asked for cash, but I give them cash every week because obviously Michael's the one who takes money out of his pocket and puts it in their hands as a paycheck, right? That's how it works." <laughs> That's um, how bosses work. Yeah. He says, "I give them cash every week. How much is it, how much cash does a person need?" And so he turns this painting around that he's holding. It's not a a bad painting, but it it does look like it was done by a middle schooler and <laughs> Uh, a very talented middle schooler. <laughs> yeah, a, a talented middle schooler. Uh, I can attest. I work with middle schoolers every day. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's a painting of Jim and Pam together holding hands. And he says, you know, I, I have one at home of them in the nude as well. But that one's for me.
1: Oh, <laughs> No, that should never have existed.
0: (laughs) I wish it was the only gross thing that Michael said about Jim and Pam in this episode. But there's one other moment where um, after while him and Dwight are eating breakfast together, he suggests to Dwight, you are crazy for not actually being into Isabel because she's Pam's best friend. And she's a dental hygienist, so you have to be really smart to do that hard job. And because she's Pam's best friend, maybe you could go out and double date or or you you could even maybe swap. He suggests that they swing with Jim and Pam. That is no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and and then Dwight proceeds to call Isabel a bumpkin. He says she's a dental hygienist and she makes love like one. She's a bumpkin. Bumpkin does refer to like country folk. So in any other circumstance Dwight would be the bumpkin so he sort of got it backwards here but still Michael to suggest that Dwight and Isabel should swing with Pam and Jim was just like no what do you think no stop it no
1: (laughs) Michael is flirting with a woman at the bar Dwight interrupts this flirtation and says hey forget her I found twins Michael super rudely says, oh, my God, you understand twins, right? I got to go. So he leaves. He follows Dwight. And it's this great reveal where um, we have the camera on Dwight and Michael. And Dwight says, they're magnificent, aren't they? Look at them. And we pan over to the twins. And it's two large twin men (laughs) (laughs) eating dinner in silence. And Dwight says i love finding a good pair of twins
0: (laughs) yeah michael's just like they're men dwight they're men something is wrong with you
1: (laughs) i was hitting it off with this woman and you dragged me away to see this
0: dwight at the rehearsal dinner was apparently assigned to the kids table uh, which i think is pretty funny and so he's sitting there with these children and he's telling them about jim's promotion he says uh jim or i mean the bad man was promoted even though my sales were up 17% while his sales were down 2%. It's all in the numbers. He says the bad man got the promotion because while I was trying to improve the company and make it a success, the bad man was kissing the boss man's butt. And because they're kids, they picture literally kissing a a person's butt and they say, ew. And Dwight just says, that's right. It is ew. It is very ew. (laughs) Ew. I, I quote that often, somewhat often. It, it very much ew, yes. <laughs> very ew.
1: <laughs> it should be noted how well Dwight is doing with women this episode. He is just killing it with all of these women who are way above his station. And he is talking about his life on a farm. And Michael says, Don't talk about your life on a farm. Like that. No, no one cares about your horses, Dwight. And I think it's Isabel, isn't it? Who mm-hmm. says, you're you're worried about your horses that's amazing how many horses do you have and
0: she's super flirty then too she's like oh Oh, that is so cool
1: like she's she's leaning hard into it yeah drunk girl at a bar and uh how many horses do you have dwight and he says nine and three quarters (laughs) which of course a quarter horse is a type of horse so he has nine quarters he has nine horses and three quarter horses Presumably, but it's a great joke.
0: (laughs) Well, I think the the joke is more he had 10 horses, but he's taken away a quarter of a horse because Uh, of his invention. He invented uh, a device. yeah. Yeah, he invented a device called Burger on the Go. It allows you to obtain six regular sized hamburgers or 12 sliders from a horse without killing the animal. George Foreman is still considering it. Sharper Image is still considering it. Sky Mall is still considering it. Hamaker Schlemmer, I guess. I don't know if that's a real place. So I meant to look it up, uh, but Hamaker Schlemmer is. is still considering it, but Sears said no. And so the the reason he has three quarters of a horse is because one quarter of the horse has gone to burgers.
1: Horse burgers. Let's just clarify. <laughs> yeah, I
0: think Sears said no because that's horse burgers. A... <laughs> because horse burgers.
1: And they're alive. <laughs> yeah. When you take the meat. Skipping ahead a bit, while the guests of the wedding are uh, waiting for Jim and Pam to return from the boat, they have no idea where they are. Kevin is deciding if he has time to use the restroom. Oscar says, how long does it take you to pee? Kevin says, the peeing's fast, Oscar. It's getting my tie back on. (sighs) It's like no one explained to him that you don't need to strip completely naked when you're wearing a suit. To pee?
0: <laughs> no, it, no. <laughs> mm. uh, see, Dwight is really funny in this episode. Kevin is really funny in this episode too.
1: Yeah, he, it's a it's a good Kevin episode.
0: It is. So, a couple more brief Dwight moments. Um, I I love how he's chowing down on his breakfast there with Michael after uh, sleeping with Isabel all night. He says, "What? I'm ravenous after a light of uh, after a night of lovemaking." And that's a flashback to sort of the coup when when he met with Jan, he's at the cafe and he's chowing down on waffles, super ravenous, just like this. So uh, he's a messy and voracious eater. Uh, His wedding gift to Jim and Pam is a set of turtle boiling pots, a shell hammer and bibs. And apparently also a live turtle, because we see later that the turtle has chewed through the corner of the box and is running away. And so he he catches the turtle and puts it back in the box. He says,
1: come here, you. (laughs) Like a pet. I have a Stanley one. Um, Stanley is gifting a toaster. You mentioned Dwight's gift. So they're discussing, can we take back our gifts if they don't come? Back to the wedding. Can we grab as many as we want? Do we just grab our own? Stanley says, does anybody want a toaster? Now, this is presumably the same toaster that he tried to give Pam and Roy um, when he says, now I got two toasters when they canceled their wedding. <laughs> so he still has two toasters, is what I'm guessing. And now he's trying to give it to Pam again. Hopefully this one will stick. Uh, no. He does not want that toaster back.
0: <laughs> While they're waiting for the wedding to begin, Andy is sitting with Aaron. Aaron. And then on the other side of Aaron is Meredith. And so Andy and Aaron are talking. He says, you know, the the reports of my injury and the pain I'm in, they're exaggerated. You know, weddings and romance just make me emotional. And that's just the kind of guy I am. Aaron says, yeah, people say you cry all the time. So it's sort of like he he's trying to pass himself off as like, I'm a sweet, sensitive guy. And she's like, yeah, you cry a whole lot, almost making him sound like some sort of a wimpy guy who just can't control himself and cries too much. Uh, then Meredith leans over Aaron and says, so uh, did did anything get torn off? He says, no, nothing got torn off. Who told you that? It we cut to Jim. And Jim says, I may have told some people that. <laughs> I, I just love that immediate cut.
1: <laughs> he said, "I'm I'm nervous. I'm getting married. So his coping mechanism was just to <laughs> tell people that Andy's penis got ripped off. <laughs>
0: <gasps> Just a few more, and then we'll move on to deleted scenes. So when Michael asks Stanley if he can stay with him, he Michael is assuming that there's going to be two beds in the room, and uh, Michael can have one of them. Well, Stanley is staying with Cynthia, and he didn't get two beds. He got the one queen-size bed. Michael is concerned because you two are only gonna fit in one bed. He doesn't say that out loud, but that's that's what he's implying. And Stanley says, A queen size bed is five feet wide, Michael. I am not five <laughs> feet wide. Michael says, I'm not a physics major, Stanley. I'm just saying be careful. <laughs> um so Michael's worried about the bed breaking, I suppose.
1: <laughs> or Stanley falling off.
0: Or or yeah, or that. <laughs> Phyllis shows up in this like we're going to church, big old hat with feathers on it. And as they're entering hot
1: pink outfit, yeah,
0: hot pink. I mean, she's all gussied up and the flowers are hitting Stanley in the face. He says, if your hat hits me in the face, one more time Phyllis says, funny, your wife loved this hat. The last time she saw it. And she just turns over her (laughs) shoulder and glares at Cynthia. It's like, yeah, I went there. That'll shut you up. Stanley. (laughs) (laughs) And the last one I have to mention is a Ryan slash Meredith moment. Ryan is trying to hit it off with a girl sitting next to him. And he says, yeah, I was, I was the youngest VP in the company history. And Meredith leans over again. She's got a habit of leaning over and whispering things in this episode. She says more recently, he worked in a bowling alley. Tell her one of your funny bowling alley stories. <laughs> and the woman I immediately loses interest and Ryan tries to salvage it, but he, he can't. she, She's done with him at that point.
1: It's one of my like favorite knocking Ryan down a peg moments.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he needs it. He does always needs it. Uh, but we should say uh, real quick. Th- this is a small thing. Uh, Ryan and Kelly are still together, and they appear happy in this episode. So I just thought it's nice to see them happy and enjoying each other's company. We see them dancing together at Andy's party. They dance down the aisle together during forever. I I I don't love ryan but it's nice to see the two of them happy together so
1: yeah uh deleted scenes we had quite a few as well first off we have pam doing a video diary of her wedding planning she's on a budget so she made flowers from paper she found in the warehouse that works jim uh walks out of the bathroom in this video blog he's brushing his teeth wearing underwear and a shirt and he kind of waves awkwardly leaves and then says you got to tell me when you're doing that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and she's just like snickering. Because <laughs> his underwear is like tidy whitey. He's like, he looks like a dork. Yeah. But <laughs> Michael and Dwight are going over their checklist of things to bring. And Michael <laughs> asks Dwight, did you bring condoms? And Dwight says, oh, yeah, I did. Extra larges. Michael says, yeah, I'm bringing 78. Dwight's like, you're going to have sex 78 times this weekend? Michael says, no, 26. And that raises the question. Dwight asks, how many do you wear? Michael says, three, right? One for each. And then he trails off. So I have no idea what he's talking about. One for each what? I don't want to know. But that would explain why Michael is so concerned about the (laughs) sensation being different. (laughs) Uh, Because Michael is just... I mean, he's doing it wrong, apparently. I don't know how he's doing it, but it's wrong.
1: (laughs) No matter how you interpret one for each, it's not right. (laughs) It's not correct. That's not how they should be used. PSA. Okay. (laughs) Um, There's a deleted scene where Jim narrates to the camera as they pull up to their hotel. He kind of jokingly brags. He says, how did they book the number one hotel in the area? In their price range on TripAdvisor. They're so fancy. We hate them, but we secretly want to be them. <laughs> Pam just says, You gotta stop doing that. You gotta
0: stop Secret. narrating.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> A creed reveals that the rehearsal dinner space was home base when he smuggled cigarettes over the border. Phil says, Who for? He says, I I never knew. Didn't ask, didn't think to ask. The balloon went in, the balloon came out. And then the next cut <laughs> is Creed just sort of nonchalantly walking around in the background and he walks to a booth that's against the wall and he pulls out the seat, reaches in and pulls out a carton of cigarettes. So he wasn't just telling a story. He was telling the truth. He knew exactly where that stash was. He pulls out a pack, puts some back away and (laughs) Creed's got himself some cigarettes. Now, I don't know how old they are, how long they've been sitting there, but there's super contraband. (laughs) Yeah. We we learn more about him every day, every episode. (laughs)
1: Michael and Dwight hit on on unimpressed women at the bar. Dwight performs an Amish curtsy for them. And he explains, done by a man for a woman when he finds her comely. (laughs) Which is just, it's just so like funny to me when we get these Amish type traditions of the Shroot clan. Like he's just, there's this whole history to Dwight's family. And I just love when we get little snippets of their, their history.
0: Jim reveals in a talking head that he and a small group, so probably Dwight, Michael, maybe Isabel, since they were sitting together at the bar at the hotel, maybe a couple other people from the office. I think in the commentary, they refer to Oscar uh, wanting to go up as well. Uh, They tried to go over the border to Canada for a quick drink uh, the night before the wedding, but Dwight at the border refused to relinquish his firearm. So they turned back around, went back to the hotel, and decided to drink there instead. So it was like a 40-minute trip of nothing the night before Jim gets married, and now they're back at the hotel and drinking.
1: (laughs) Exactly like they were doing 40 minutes ago. Yep. Michael drunkenly admits that he's very jealous that Jim is marrying anyone, not just Pam, but marrying someone at all. He casually proposes to Isabel. She says no.
0: No. That's a, just no. simply no. <laughs> Aaron, while waiting on the wedding to start, suggests that, you know, maybe Pam's water broke. Angela says that's impossible. She's only 5 months pregnant. But then Aaron says, "I was born at 5 months and I fought through it, but I also didn't eat solid foods until I was 6. So I mean, maybe <laughs> it can happen, but it is extremely rare and that's an extremely low chance of survival too, I would think."
1: Phyllis complains about the wait for the wedding. Bob says, yet another reason that our wedding was better than this one. Phyllis says, ooh, that's a Twitter. Except, remember (laughs) that Phyllis stole everything from Pam's first wedding to Roy?
0: I didn't even think about that until you just mentioned it.
1: (laughs) Like, her wedding, I mean, Pam's wedding was going to be better than or just as good as Phyllis's wedding. But Phyllis stole all of it, so... Do not like that comment.
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is Pam's second wedding to plan. The first one being, essentially, Phyllis and Bob Van Vance <laughs> Refrigeration.
1: <laughs> right.
0: The girl that Dwight is talking to uh, at the wedding venue before I- Isabel comes up was Jim's cousin, he reveals. And to win her over, he says, you know, I wish I had a cousin as cool as Jim Halpert. And he started straining a little bit. He's like, yeah, I don't like saying this. But then he has a talking head saying, you know, Moses way cooler than Jim. But you want to tell the woman what you want to what they want to hear. So that's why he said what he said about Jim. Not that he thinks it. He just wants this girl. You
1: mentioned that Ryan and Kelly are in a good place right now. Well, We get this deleted scene where Kelly is sitting on the pew. Ryan asks if the seat next to her is taken. She says it's not. And also it's a bench, not a seat. He says, I don't care what it is. I just want to sit next to you. He throws her on his lap. Oscar and Angela say how inappropriate they're being. They're in a church. So Ryan asks Kelly to get out of here with him. Kelly hopes that they're going to run away together. Realistically, Ryan says, we're going to go hook up in the bathroom. Not as romantic.
0: No, but it's a church.
1: That's what they've got. It's a, it's church. a church. What are you
0: doing? <laughs> like religious or not, respect the space. Come on. <laughs>
1: And it's a wedding. It could start any minute.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They might need to take the time to put his tie back on. (laughs) (laughs) Angela has a moment of attempted humor. Kevin comes and sits down. So she's sitting between Kevin on one side and Oscar on the other. And she says, hey, do you two want to sit together? Alluding to the whole drama between Oscar and Kevin possibly being or in a relationship and Oscar wanting to distance himself from that. So she jokes, do you want to sit together? Kevin says, are you trying to be funny? And then we have a, an Angela talking head where she says, you know, the, the comedian that I really think is super funny. She's just so on point as Kelly Ripa, Kelly Ripa. Uh, She's no, I would not tally her as a comedian. I wouldn't think she's She's a a talk show host. Yeah. (laughs) She just says what she she wants to say and blah, blah, blah. Okay, Angela.
1: Uh, Maybe the last one of note for me, Jim's parents come to bring him painkillers before the wedding starts. He says, I'm in a lot of pain after last night. Jim remarks that his dad wore the good kilt for his wedding and his dad starts crying. He says, I should have brought one for you, (laughs) which would have been a very different tone for the wedding.
0: It would have been. Uh, I, I guess that means that uh, Jim has some Scottish ancestry that at least yeah. his dad is proud of. So,
1: I hope he has some Scottish
0: ancestry, otherwise
1: it's totally irrelevant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the lengthy stuff. We do have two commentaries to talk about real quick, but I don't think we're going to linger on anything for too long if we can help it uh yeah. what are what? what's something interesting you learned from the first commentary that had greg daniels the show creator and paul feig the director of this episode
1: the idea to have a destination wedding and hope that everyone doesn't come was taken from paul lieberstein's real life he had a destination wedding and didn't expect everyone to come and they did come <laughs> um so that inspired this episode
0: yeah, they, they talked about a couple of real-life inspirations for this episode. That was one of them. The whole mental pictures thing was something from Steve. Uh, he said like his uncle told him that on his wedding day. Um, remember, he's na- married to Nancy Carell, who played Carol Stills in season two. Two, uh, yeah. Yeah. And there was another one. Oh, the, the whole wolf shirt thing was a popular shirt on Amazon where people like, as a joke would go and leave these really extravagant and flowery reviews. There are lots of products like that on Amazon. You can go and look up, but that was one of them. And so that's, that's where they got the idea for the shirt. Anytime you see somebody in the show driving, I thought this was an interesting tidbit. Anytime you see them driving, it's always on like the same stretch of road because it's the one stretch of road they have nearby. That doesn't have palm trees in the background because palm trees are not all too common in Scranton, Pennsylvania, but maybe unfortunately a little bit too common where they film in California. In fact, even right outside the office, they have to like cut them out digitally sometimes or frame the shot at the window so that the palm trees aren't sticking out.
1: There are quite a number of plot lines that didn't make it into the script. Uh, They joke several times that there was like a J and K plot line. Um, because there were just so many possible stories that would have been so confusing. There was one where Dwight decided to go over the falls on a horse, but panics at the last minute and bails. The horse ends up going over. Um, That's a bit extreme. There's one where, of course, we get in a deleted scene where um, Creed has the cigarettes there was one where Kevin visited an indoor water park. I loved it so much because people were peeing freely. He loved it. That, that was a possibility. A few things like that that didn't make it into the show.
0: I'm so glad because all of those sound like bad ideas, like in the context yeah, of, kind of, of what <laughs> we got, they just sound awful. So I'm yeah. glad they didn't make it. Uh, and from what the way they were talking, I don't think it even really made it into the, the s- official script. It was just like talks in the writing room.
1: Whiteboard idea. Yeah. yeah.
0: When we first enter Niagara, there's a few shots of the surrounding area, and it's meant to mimic the opening shots of Scranton in the opening titles. Uh, the reason they chose Niagara as a location, because the falls themselves, are, I mean, it's a World Heritage site, it's a really beautiful, romantic spot in the United States, but just like a lot of the most popular tourist areas in the United States, even like San Antonio for us in Texas, the Alamo, right across the street, you got a Ripley's Believe It or Not. And it's the same sort of idea here in Niagara. You've got the beautiful falls, but everything around is super touristy. And so we, the few shots we get, are meant to sort of mimic the opening titles. And it's of all the touristy stuff surrounding the beautiful.
1: The church that they filmed in was, of course, in LA. So they had this church on a busy street corner in the middle of LA. It had the look that they were going for, but they had to balance out the idea that like there's going to be people and paparazzi and stuff. So Jenna. And Paul did a little gag for the paparazzi. Jenna, of course, playing Pam, Paul playing Toby, decided to fake out the paparazzi and make it look like they were the ones getting married. Like there was going to be a big, huge plot twist where Pam and Toby get married. And it actually made it into one tabloid, apparently. They thought it was real.
0: There was one more thing that was actually inspired by real events. The a friend of Greg Daniels actually cut his tie at his wedding because somebody broke wedding china and then was really bummed and crying about it and so that person cut their tie to again sort of show solidarity to this person who thinks thinks they ruined things but really it's not that big a deal in the scheme of things. And then last for me at least as far as this commentary goes is just pointing out some of the actors. Uh, The actor who plays Jim's dad is Robert Pine, who is Chris Pine or Captain Kirk in the reboot Star Trek film series. Uh, It's his father. And the daughter of Greg Daniels appears a couple of times. It's uh, at the table with Dwight, the girl with the speaking role at the rehearsal dinner. And she's the one to dance down the aisle with Penny, Pam's sister, who is also portrayed by Anna Camp, uh, who you might remember from like Um, Pitch Perfect. And lastly, as uh, far as casting goes, Randy Cordray, who is one of the show's producers, and he's actually in this next commentary, uh, he is the one who plays the captain of the ship, or of the boat, who marries them.
1: So moving on, nice segue to the next commentary. Uh, Randy Cordray, Kelly Cantley, Michael Gallenberg, Claire Scanlon, Veda Samarin, and Mary Wall. Uh, A lot of tech people, directors, etc. The exploding cans on the back of Michael's car were apparently very difficult to get to look right. They weren't actually exploding the way that they hoped they would. So they actually put little explosives on the cans and had to really, really MacGyver it to make it work. They had special effects and all that to make it happen.
0: Yeah, and speaking of special effects, the prop department also had to make different fake vomit for every character that vomits in the the cold open. So that's a lovely thing to imagine. And also, you might have noticed that at the rehearsal dinner, there was a sign outside the space that said the Beasley Halpert rehearsal dinner. It was spelled wrong. Instead of H-A-L-P-E-R-T, they spelled it R-E-T. They switched the E and the R. But they pointed out in the commentary that that was an intentional spelling error to just – it's sort of like its own little joke. They spelled Halpert wrong. It's yet another thing that went wrong at this wedding.
1: Yeah, and just another realistic thing. You know?
0: Right, yeah. There
1: are several alternates to the Jim and Pam painting that Michael gifts them, one of which is hanging in Greg Daniels' office, or was hanging, so that's <laughs> nice. I um, like that. I want one.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> not
1: the nude one, just a. close Oh, by.
0: yeah, that's, that's a good clarification. <laughs> it's, it's important. <laughs> we know that movies and TV shows are often, or almost always, shot out of order. It's almost a special thing when they're not... Uh, when, when they're shot chronologically, but scenes, individual scenes are sometimes shot out of order, which is something they said. So like for the rehearsal dinner scene, for example, uh, they might have shot dessert before they shot the dinner. And so that's on the prop department to make sure that the continuity of everything is in line and to make sure the the right foods out for whatever they're shooting, to make sure that whatever is eaten within a, a take is replaced for the next take or eaten to the same amount for the next take, depending on how you're moving on. I, I, I think that's really interesting. I had never considered that even within an individual scene, it would be so discontinuous.
1: Mm-hmm. Including, speaking of food, when Dwight is eating ravenously the morning after sleeping with Isabel, he had to eat so much, he's just shoveling eggs and pancakes in his mouth. They said that they had about 100 pancakes off camera to reset with, so that every time they had to cut, They'd go back and, and reset the pancakes um, so Dwight or Rain could continue <laughs> shoveling pancakes in his mouth.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder how many pancakes he actually ate or if he was eating like so intensely that it just looks like he's eating a lot and he's actually only getting a couple right. bites in and the rest is falling back onto the plate. I don't know, but you've
1: got to gotta fake it. I mean, yeah.
0: like,
1: I remember there was a commentary a, lo- a long time ago where uh, – there was a scene where Michael was eating ice cream cake mm-hmm. and he just got so sick after a while that he just was having little bites. Cause he had so much.
0: Yeah. And more cast members, uh, lots of the extras this time were family members of the crew. So like Mary wall had her entire family and their cousins and sisters and all that kind of stuff. And Brian Baumgartner, Kevin, his parents were actually in this episode as well. They were on vacation and just happened to be nearby. And so uh, you actually see a shot of them uh, specifically when Jim and Pam are first walking up the gangway to the boat at Niagara falls, his parents are right behind them and you can tell, cause they sort of vaguely resemble him. So pretty cool.
1: There's also a writer who made an appearance and this is crazy. Her name is Kelly Hannon. Hmm. Which, of course, is Aaron's real name. So she's named after one of the writers, keeping a theme for the show where actors share names with their characters.
0: Yeah. The waterfall sequence uh, was shot on a different type of film than they normally use for the show. They normally just shoot all digital. But to sort of get better color from the shot and to magnify the, the scene as it stands, they used 16 millimeter film at the waterfall location to make that scene even just a little bit more special.
1: And speaking of the boat, for whatever reason, they weren't able to commandeer or buy out the whole boat. They were restricted to a certain section. So half the boat, let's say, was the filming crew and half was tourists. So there Mm -hmm. were tourists on that boat touring Niagara Falls and also getting to watch the office get filmed.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Last one for me, you might have another one or two, but the person who choreographed the wedding dance scene also did choreography for Cafe Disco back at the end of season five. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a pretty cool tidbit.
1: Last one for me, uh, two commentaries, a lot of info, but um, I thought this was pretty special. When they went out to scout on the boat called Night of the Mist, they went out four times to scout and they didn't get wet once. They didn't get caught under the mist once. Um, And then they went out to film they got one shot to film. They got, you know, their time on the boat one day, and they went out, and they got drenched, like completely head-to-toe drenched. So that was all real, and I think it's so much more special that they mm-hmm. got, you know, they're wearing the ponchos. They need to get yeah, soaked, yeah. so uh, pretty cool.
0: Well, it was a marathon. <sighs> it's been an hour and a half, but that is the end of the official 56th episode of an American workplace where we talk about the wedding of Jim and Pam Halpert.
1: If you've made it this far, congratulations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Contact for the show, facebook.com slash workplace pod and at workplace pod on Twitter. Please consider going over to Apple podcasts and rating and reviewing and even subscribing to us there. Remember we're like, two reviews or two star ratings away from a hundred. So I'm not saying anything special is going to happen. I'm not going to make that promise, but still it'd be really cool to hit that 100 mark in the next week. If you have any feedback for the show or any ideas, uh, feel free to email us as well. uh, Workplacepod at gmail.com.
1: You can find me on Twitter at KTLady623 or at Facebook.com slash katie.white.
0: Best place for me, still on Twitter at Chadada, that is C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A. Also Facebook.com slash Chad.hopkins and Cinescope, my other podcast. You can find it where podcasts can be found and at the thecinescopepodcast.com.
1: All show notes and all contact information for this show can be found at workplacepodcast.com. If you want a shout-out and more of an American workplace each week, including access to our online discussion notes, a logo sticker, bonus episodes, and live streams. Check out our Patreon page and pick the support level that you think is most worth it at patreon.com slash workplace pod.
0: And that is all for this week. Thank you for joining us to watch one of our favorite shows, The Office, here on episode 56 of An American Workplace. Make sure to join us in episode 57 for our discussion on the next two episodes of season 6, Mafia and The Lover. Bye.